and welcome to the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons that they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two moms parent in the same way, and we should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hello everyone, I am so excited to bring to you today's episode with the one and only Sally Clarkson. Yes, the incredible, legendary Christian speaker, author, everybody's mother and grandmother they wish they had. She is truly extraordinary. And today she is on the podcast talking about her new book that she wrote during the pandemic called Help, I'm Drowning. And if any of you are feeling like you are drowning right now, Sally is here to give you words of encouragement, words of wisdom, and to use all of her years of experience and knowledge to help pull you out of that funk because no one deserves to live like they are drowning all the time. Yes, we have seasons of overwhelm, but Sally's going to talk to you about how she combats those seasons in her own life and how she recommends doing it in yours. So let's get to it with the legendary Sally Clarkson. All right, I'm so honored to be chatting with Sally Clarkson today. Hi, Sally. Hi. It is so crazy to hear your voice on a variety of different mediums throughout my whole life. And then to have you (laughs) speaking directly to me, I'm sure you get that a lot, but how cool. Thanks for taking the time. Oh, you're so welcome. I love I love getting to do what I do, so it's really fun. Yeah, you have quite a legacy of work uh, behind you, and you just continue producing more. I don't know how you do all you do, <laughs> but where am I speaking to you from today? I am at present in Colorado in my little home, in my little home office, Wonderful. and um, am just here for um, hopefully a couple of months because I have to have some hip surgery. Oh, do you? Oh, okay. And uh, is that been a long time coming for you? No, I I walk about five to ten miles a day. I'm kind of neurotic. And um, about three months ago, I'll say this quickly, I, I just started having incredible pain. And I was told in Oxford, where I live uh, most of the time at this moment, that it was um, a sciatica. So they started having me do a bunch of uh, checkups and, and um, therapy and exercises for that. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Oh, no. And at about ten weeks in... Another doctor met with me and said, oh, my goodness, this has nothing to do with sciatica. It is your hip is bone on bone. You've worn out all your cartilage. So I have to have my whole hip socket replaced. (laughs) Darn it. I'm so sorry. That is that is so hard. What are you doing while you're walking five to ten miles a day? Are you listening to something? What does that routine look like? I'm so curious. Well, I um, yeah, I'm always I I always have a book on tape going Mm -hmm. or music, but I also um, Three of my four children and all of my grandchildren live in the UK, so I'm walking with them. I'm taking them to parks. I'm, uh, I love walking. It's just really therapeutic to me. I meet with women for kind of personal appointments, and we walk. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I use it a lot, but I do it a little bit in the morning, a little bit at night, and it's kind of a therapy, and also it's good for me. I love how it's not always the same thing. It's like, okay, well, if you can walk along with me, you're welcome to join me, you know? Like, I just well, love that. During COVID, actually, um, that's all we were allowed to do. We weren't yeah. allowed to meet anywhere. Mm-hmm. We weren't allowed to meet in homes. We weren't allowed to meet in cafes, but we were allowed to walk. And so oh I would just say, let's meet at the parks at this corner and go for a walk together. So, you know, you do what you can. Yeah, that is so amazing that you're able to continue and just 
yeah, you just have to adapt, don't you? Well, for, for people that aren't fully up to date on all of your work, Sally, will you just give a little background on yourself and your family? I have four grown children, four adult children. Um, as I said, three of them are living in um, the UK right now, two in Scotland, one in England. They're all in the process of either getting PhDs or having babies. Mm. Um, two of them are in Scotland getting PhDs uh, in theology, and one's a composer, musician, the other one is a um, podcaster and, and uh, all that. And then Sarah, my daughter who has the three children in three years, which is a lot, um, is an author, graduated with her master's degree from Oxford and is married to an Anglican priest there. And then I have Nathan, my um, my son who uh, is uh, lives in New York City, although he's here right here right now. And he writes books and he produces movies. And um, so my kids keep me young and they keep me going and I just absolutely adore them. And they were all home educated and we moved 19 times um, throughout the world and seven times internationally and I've written 24 books and I podcast and blog post. <laughs> <laughs> and, you're, and you're 39 years old, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. That's right. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. That that's that is a lot. And what I love about your kids and their diverse interests and whatnot is just that, that they have been able to grow into such individuals. And I think as a parent, sometimes we struggle with that ability to either let them pursue their own interests out of like logistical constraints or like we want them to kind of follow the path that we had envisioned for them. And a lot of times it's our own personal stuff that kind of gets in the way and in it kind of molds molds them, and sometimes they can kind of buck against that. So how were you, as a young mom, able to let them pursue, you know, whatever it is that, you know, was really for them and, and creating their own identities? Well, anyone who knows me or knows my writing or speaking knows that I am um, I'm wildly intuitive and idealistic and visionary. And so when I had my children and um, – I'm kind of an out-of-the-box person. I mean, I, I feel like I, uh, my son laughed at me. He said, you were ADHD before I was, Mom. <laughs> and so I'm constantly moving, thinking, dreaming, having fun. And I felt like I, um, I was always kind of stuffed into a box when I was growing up. And I never wanted to be in the box. I wanted to be myself. I wanted to do fun things and, and adventures and ideals. And so I made it a goal to... Um, my children grew up pretty much in my home uh, individually. I said, I'm going to develop you according to your personality and your strengths. I'm not going to expect you to be like anyone else or live up to anyone else's standards. And um, they were never given tests. They were never given grades. Um, but they were rigorously um, taught to love learning and thinking and, and um, cultivating virtue. And so they grew up without the confines of expectations of what they should be or do from others. What a gift. What a gift. And that's a very progressive thought for sure uh, at that time. Hey everyone, I wanted to jump in and thank a show sponsor and that is Parent Educate. When I had my first baby and after 24 hours, they were ready to just send me home with said baby with no training, no real awareness of how to be a parent, how to parent this specific child, nothing. They didn't even know if I was CPR certified and I wasn't. So there's tons of questions we have in our mind as parents and yet there's very few resources where we really get the answers we need to fill in those gaps. Unlike other professions like teaching 
or childhood development or childhood education. These are formative classes that these professionals get to take that parents have never had the opportunity to do. And so ParentEducate.com is the go-to provider of research-based online parenting courses. And literally it started from transitioning all of these classes for professionals and transitioning them to communicate to parents who want that same in-depth knowledge of parenting. It is so fantastic. ParentEducate.com's ever-growing course catalog includes 80-plus engaging online courses that cover a variety of topics including behavior, development, nutrition, play safety, and more. It's not going to make you a perfect parent by any means, but that's not what our kids require. It just will give you a little more support in the areas where you feel lacking. I love this concept of being able to strengthen our parenting through systemized education. Like I said at the beginning, when I was a little overwhelmed by taking my first baby home from the hospital, I wish I'd had the adjustment to parenthood course when I was bringing home baby, right? And we all have gaps like that where we want to feel more supported. And that is why these courses that only take 20 to 30 minutes to complete are perfect for you to get that boost that you need. ParentEducate.com is offering 20% off one month subscription for listeners of the show at ParentEducate.com and enter coupon code EEP at checkout. You are going to be blown away by the diversity of their courses and there's truly something for everyone. If you feel like you're drowning as a parent, don't feel that way any longer with ParentEducate.com. It was, you know, I mean, to me, it was a normal thought. I thought, you know, why, why shouldn't all children, I mean, every child's fingerprint is different. Every child's DNA is different. God made every single one of us with different eyes, skin, shapes, noses. And I thought, if if God really um, created children who created human beings who are distinct, um, shouldn't I treat them as distinct and say, I wonder what story you're going to tell in your world. I wonder how you're going to... Um, to bring virtue and goodness and light to bear. You're a hero in your own tale, and I will help you with it. Mm-hmm. And so I would speak forward into their lives, into who they would become. Oh, my goodness, that's the most beautiful music. I wonder if you will encourage many through your music someday. Mm-hmm. Or you're such a lover of people. I love how many friends you cultivate. I wonder if you'll do counseling or if you'll um, inspire people someday. So a lot of it was looking at their hearts, discovering who they were, limitations as well as strengths and then speaking forward and coaching them to become um, fully vested and fully confident in the person that they were made to be right and for kids that do have more of a natural confidence and kind of progress in more of a, a typical way that is a much easier road for a parent right to cultivate that when our kids have weaknesses that really present themselves in a way that look limiting, at least at first, Mm -hmm. that can be challenging for both the child and the parent to reconcile. So can you talk to me about that and your personal experience with that with your kids? Well, I, I, I think parenting is really hard. And I think that the process of cultivating and training and nurturing and developing children uh, is as much for our maturity as it is for theirs. Agreed. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yeah. They, they really push all of our buttons um, through all the years. But um, I will actually say that in some ways my introverts were a little bit easier because I could do one-on-one with them and I could listen to them and I could um, talk with them, whereas my extroverts were a little bit more um, 
spicy, maybe I should say, mm-hmm. by personality. It just happened that way. And um, But um, I did have, I have uh, two children, kind of really two and a half, um, but two children who are clinically um, obsessive compulsive. Uh, and, uh, and I didn't even know what that word meant, uh, when I first started out with him. Um, and my son, Nathan is ADHD, ODD, OCD. Oh my goodness. You know, sort of child dyslexic. And, um, and so I had to kind of stand back. He was, he was definitely, um, a little bit stretched, stretched me more in some ways than the others, but none of my children were the same Mm -hmm. and none of them operated the same. And so, um, and then having four, um, meant that I was constantly dealing with issues wherever they were in their age in life. And, you know, that's just part of life. It's kind of a mystery. It's kind of a, uh, you know, it's a difficult um, journey. But I feel like once I gave up my expectations of, you know, when you read too many things online and you try to compare your children to other children mm-hmm. or you compare your family to someone else's stories, you're going to always be disappointed and overwhelmed and feel discouraged because my children weren't like other children and my story wasn't like other people's stories. And so once I gave up the expectation that I would be able to check all the boxes and and fulfill all the lists of things I thought I should do, once I said, okay, what do I care about? What is my story? Mm-hmm. What is my child? And I think that at some point I began to understand that what my children needed the most was a foundation of unconditional love for who they were as they were. Not for, not for I will love them more when they can change, mm. but to love them as they were and to communicate that to them and to say, I will be by your side to help you the rest of your life because I love you. And um, I think that the foundation of love and acceptance gives all children a little bit of a freedom to grow. And um, it, it takes a long time for a child to become mature and for a child to, uh, to become strong. And so if you can just take a breath and try to enjoy every day um, instead of fretting every day that you're not doing enough, it will be a lot more peaceful journey. <laughs> right. Well, and I think the error that a lot of parents make, and we kind of learn the hard way, is we try and do corrective measures in heated situations, right? And so we're in we're in the grocery store, we're trying to, you know, curtail a tantrum, and it's just getting bigger and bigger, right? And we're trying right. to solve it, and we're getting mad, right. and it, like as our temperature goes up, inevitably our kids do. And I always say, like, we can't expect our kids to behave any better than we do, <laughs> right? Perfect. So, so right. part of parenting is getting our own stuff in check for sure, like you're mentioning, and it, it can just be so so challenging. And so, how did you handle things? You know, it's one thing to be able to have that mindset within the walls of your your home to have the long you know, game in mind with, you know, Mm -hmm. investing in love and in that foundation. And it's another thing to try and put out those fires in public or at the park or at school or wherever it is. Talk to me about how you kind of manage those or how, how that evolved for you. Uh, My husband and I, though I'm, I'm wildly idealistic. We're also very, um, very intentional about training our kids. Mm. And, and so um, we have a, a book that we wrote called the 24 family ways, which, helped us to say 
look, you guys, this is, we're the Clarksons, and these are our ways. We, you know, we we love unconditional, and we serve. We learn to work hard. We we um, we have uh, scripture, and 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 we have a way that we teach them, and then we talk about it in our family. And so, um, as we would go, like say before we went to the grocery store. Um, I would say, okay, now, what is our grocery store behavior? Um, you know, how can we really bless people? How can we, and I would say, if, if, you know, we're going to, um, we're not going to pick things off the shelves. Um, mommy is not going to get into an argument with you about um, what you want to do because we only have a limited amount of money. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's prepare, you know, and, and I would, you know, if you all can, help me and be quiet for the however long it takes to go through the grocery store then we'll go to the park afterwards and have a picnic mm-hmm. but if you all choose to uh, misbehave or, or get in an argument or whatever then I guess you're choosing just to go home and sit in your room as quietly until you can you know kind of work through your attitude so uh, you know what I'm saying is that every moment of every day was a training point you know when people would come to our house I would say Okay, um, they're they are so excited to meet you, and and but they're kind of shy. Probably they're coming to our house for the first time. I want each of you to think of one question that you could ask them, and one thing you can tell them about them that might encourage them. So we would rehearse it before they came to this place. So, you know, before they go to church, before they go wherever it is, before they go to a concert, we helped prepare them to know what to expect and what behavior to seek. So that when they got there, they would know what was expected. And if I needed to take them out of the room or, or talk to them gently, you know, you have a choice to make. Do you want to see the concert or is mommy going to have to sit out here with you until you can, you know, have a better behavior, better attitude? So we loved wildly and we trained so that they would have the security of knowing what to expect. I hope that makes sense. Absolutely. And I think we're under a, a false uh, impression if we think our kids know how to behave like from the get-go. They're not pre-programmed. So when we just assume they know how to behave in church, they know they're supposed to sit quietly and stay in their seat, like they don't naturally know those things. So when we come down hard on them or get exasperated mm-hmm. that they're acting up, it's because we have not done our job to train, well, you know? Exactly. And a lot of sweet moms have never been trained themselves to think yes, this way. Yes, yes. Uh, but I have seen so many people in the grocery store or at Walmart or Target or someplace where I just see these parents going ballistic yeah. on their children and children looking at them like, where are you coming from? Mm. Because they're just, I think that, you know, we learn from babies. Babies cry when they need something. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how they come out, the, you know, from the very first moment. And and then it's as we help them to learn how to communicate, as we meet their needs, as we're touching them, loving them, kissing them grabbing them up in our arms. No, you may not hit this. Your hand is always first for gentleness. As we're talking with them, we're narrating a world to them to help them to know how to be secure and how to become. And like you said, they don't have a clue. You yeah, know, they, yeah. they have to, most days are learning days and we have to imagine what it is we want them to know. Hey everyone, I want to jump in and thank another show sponsor that is Mama Zen. All of my ads today have a common theme that will help you from drowning, and Mama Zen is another one of those tools. Motherhood is emotional, it's physical, it's mental. There's just so, so much that we have going on as moms, not only caring for our own well-being, but in parenting our kids and helping them to process their physical, mental, and emotional needs as well. And that is why Mama Zen is a revolutionary solution for motherhood burnout. 
It's a simple app that's created by founders who needed this solution themselves. You download the Mama Zen app and you can listen to different types of sessions depending upon your needs. So they have emergency sessions that are seven or eight minutes long, and then they have power sessions, mind power sessions that allow you to focus in on a concept like be more patient, worry less, things like that. And those are anywhere from 12 to 18 minutes. I've been doing this whenever I feel like I need a little timeout from my parenting. And I know timeouts don't work for kids, but they do wonders for a mom stepping away from an escalating situation. And when I turn on the Mama Zen app and focus in on the type of mind power session that I'm in need of, you guys, no joke, I come back ready to handle motherhood in a much more patient and empowering way. I often say that you can't expect your kids to behave better than you do, and so this app will help you to do just that. I really want you to try Mama Zen and see for yourself how much better you can feel as a mom. Go to your app store or Google Play and download Mama Zen today. That's M-A-M-A-Z-E-N. And right now you can use promo code E-E-P. That code will unlock your free trial so you can try Mama Zen for yourself. Take care of yourself, Mama. You don't need to feel like you're stressed, you're drowning. We all make mistakes, but this can add a little more peace into your life. Thanks, Mama Zen. And that training up front will pay in dividends. Sometimes it feels like, oh, it's so much investment up front, right? But if you want your kids to do chores in the home and you want them to learn to, or you want them to clean their room, if you just say, go clean your room, what are the chances it's going to be up to your standards or it's going to be done well if you've never instructed them on how to clean a room? Like, what does that even mean? Right. Yeah, exactly. And they have to have been with you to see you do it. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Well, I mean, your body of work is is so vast, covering, you know, everything from religious topics to parenting to family to all these things. And, um, yeah, the book about uh, your son, Nathan, and, and that special relationship you had and working through that. Why did you want to talk about his um, challenges that you faced with him? I mean, yeah, like a lot of labels that could put him in a box, like you said. But you've always been an out-of-the-box thinker for yourself, and you wanted that for your kids. So how did you help him to kind of emerge out of those boxes that he could have been tempted to be placed in for, you know, forever? Well, you know, this is what I want parents to know. It is not easy to be a parent. There are no perfect children, and they don't respond perfectly to your imperfect training. (laughs) So it is a process. Although now that I look at my children, they're my best friends, and I think, wow, that's pretty amazing how much fun we have together. But with Nathan, um, and he actually came to me. He he has some clinical issues that are long-term and will be there forever. Um, But he said, Mom, I am getting so, because of the arena that we have, he said, I'm getting letters every day from moms, he said, who said, how did you do it? How how did your mother deal with you? How did she accept you? How did she uh, Mm. love you well? And um, so he said, he came to me and said, we need to write a book and it's going to be called Different. And he named the book and he wrote half of it. And um, I think that, you know, when I would ask my friends if, if Nathan was having a hard day and because he has OCD, there are certain things he can't eat, see, do, you know, he, he just can't, you know, he, he goes in, he's, he's a real personable, brilliant young man, but um, there are just limitations in his life. And number one, I didn't even know what OCD was. I had to read about it. Uh, it took us a long time to find somebody who could help me with it. But I found that my friends weren't necessarily real helpful to me. 
because instead of recognizing that he had an issue, they would say, have you done this enough? Have you done that enough? Have you, you know, you need to take away sugar, give him, you know, some kind of herbal medicine, do this, do that, the other. That was not going to change the brain patterns in his mind that were going crazy. <laughs> and um, I don't know if that makes sense or not. But yeah. so I finally realized, okay, I need to accept Nathan as a gift. Um, I know that he is not going to respond exactly in the same way that other kids do. But then I would start noticing things like if I scratched his back, um, two plus two might equal four. Mm. Um, or if I, if I held him next to me in our overstuffed chair and said, tell me what you're thinking, buddy. Uh, then he would talk and talk and talk to me. And one time he said, you know, mommy, when, when you talk with me and spend time with me, it makes me want to obey you. But if you don't pay attention to me, I'll do whatever I have to do to get attention. <laughs> and so yeah. I learned, okay, so this is an extrovert who wants to talk. And, um, you know, he taught me so many things. It took a long time. But um, he looks back now and says, you know, we had our ups and downs. But he said, I never, I never supposed you didn't like me mm-hmm. as well as love me. And um, I didn't always have perfect feelings, but I tried to behave in a way that supported what I thought I should feel like. In other words, I knew I loved him, so I would act in a loving way, even if I felt like I was about to burst. Right. And that is hard for parents listening that have a challenging child, and they're in the midst of that right now. Like, here you are on <laughs> largely on the other side of it, right? But you remember mm-hmm. in the midst of it... Yeah, mm-hmm. there's times when you probably well, just wanted to lose it, but yeah, when my we can friends behave, would just say, yeah. I, you know, oh, you're just having a hormonal day or something, or he is, you know, and I think, no, 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 this is every day. And I think that the thing that I would say is be gentle on yourself. Um, it's a hard road when you have um, special children. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, um, I think too that. There is no quick fix for many of the things that our children have or deal with. Um, There's no magical solution. And so if you can find a way to move forward to make progress with that child, to try to love them unconditionally, and also to see if there's a friend who will take them to the playground with their friend, Uh, somebody who loves them enough. One of my friends absolutely adored Nathan. Her little boy was in love with Nathan, and so she would take him once a week for a couple of hours just so I could have a little bit of breathing room. And, um, and so be creative about knowing what you need in order to keep going forward and also, um, find places where your children might thrive apart from you, uh, whenever you need that space. Yeah. And if you're in a good space right now, be that friend. Gosh, bless her. For her to show up and be proactive to say, let me help in this way. This is how I can be of assistance to you. If you're in a position to do that, then it may look unconventional. It may be taking the child for a few hours for a play date. It may be, you know... Some mm-hmm. looking some some other way, maybe just doing somebody else's laundry, right? But how can you step in and 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 serve in that way? Oh, mm-hmm. That is so beautiful, and there, I'm sure there's so many moms listening in the throes of that 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 will give so much hope to. So what what is that book called again? It's called Different. Yes, the story of the out of the box kid and the mom who loved him. Yeah, oh, love that. So that would be a, a great recommendation for for moms struggling in that way. Well, or are we wrote about it actually in my new book help i'm drowning because uh-huh. because of all the mail i got about it i wrote a, a whole chapter just focusing on what it looks like 
um, to have children that you weren't expecting. Hey everyone, I wanted to jump in again and thank another show sponsor, and that is Pros. So we all have different hair needs, right? There's no one-size-fits-all solution when it comes to hair care, and that is why Pros is so incredible, because it is taking the guesswork out of what products will work for your hair. They make custom hair care that's effective because it's personal. So when you go on their website, you actually take a quiz. It's an in-depth consultation that helps you to know which products are gonna work best for you. And it's more than just like what type of hair do you have? It goes in depth in terms of like, where do you live? Like how does the pollution or the weather affect your hair? So interesting, right? It also talks about what types of tools you use on your hair, how often you wash your hair, how often you use heat tools. All those things affect the types of products you need to protect your hair and make it look gorgeous. So they analyze all the answers, determine the unique blend of ingredients that should be in every product of my customer routine, and they know the best way to do that. I don't. So I told them that I struggle with dry hair, and so I know that the combination of products that I'm gonna be using is going to address that issue. They're carbon neutral certified B Corp. They're an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty, and all their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and you can just trust this is fantastic company. If you're not 100% positive Pros is the best care you've ever had, they'll take their products back, no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash EMP. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash EMP for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. I'd love to hear how these products work for you. Just go right into this this new book, which is so awesome. Inevitably, you know, we're, we've all dealt with a variety of different challenges in the last 18 months because of the pandemic, and you've gotten a lot, a lot more messages and become probably even more aware of, of the needs of moms and, and people around the world, really, that, that are struggling with, you know, loneliness and health challenges and you know, stepping into roles they feel ill-equipped for, becoming an instant teacher, becoming a work-from-home parent, you know, it is so hard to step into these roles without any proper training. And it goes back to like what what we were talking about with early parenting. It's like, nobody knows what they're doing. You kind of just have to work through that. And when you're thrown into it, like we all have been in our own ways in the last 18 months, it's a lot. And you do feel like you're drowning. So so tell me about this book and tell me about the hope you want to offer other people and what are these strategies that you want to offer others who feel like they're they're drowning? Well, I, I think, you know, I was in, in the midst of COVID myself and, and lots of disappointed expectations, uh, conferences canceled, children losing jobs, all sorts of things. Um, people committing suicide, a couple of friends, mm. children did. Um, and I realized that I'm 68 uh, just a couple of weeks ago and I realized as I look back at all of the seasons of my life that, um, number one, I think moms are more alone than they've ever been. We, we live in neighborhoods where we don't know the neighbors or we don't feel like we can trust the neighbors. We don't always have support systems. We don't always live near our family. We were created for more community than this. And so moms are isolated, alone, dealing with so much pressure in a time, and they don't realize that that was never how life was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, um, you know, some of my biggest storms were my own emotional storms. And um, I think that moms feel guilty for feeling some of the negative feelings or discouraged or overwhelmed or like a failure. And so I wanted to write a book 
that could say, I felt all of those things too. And I felt these, you know, these are 10 or 12 of my hardest storms, whether it was marriage, financial, moving, loneliness, isolation, um, disappointed expectations, disappointment in people. And I wanted there to be a place where moms could go, oh, you too, me too, Mm -hmm. um, and really feel that this journey is worthwhile and important to be the best mom you can be, but that it's also that they aren't alone, that someone understands, but in their storms. And um, I just feel like um, moms, oh, they're just amazing, and they are so isolated and alone with so little help. And um, so I just wanted this book to be a help and an encouragement, a kind of a um, saying, no, don't stuff those feelings. What are you feeling and because um, yourself is going to tell yourself when you're falling apart and you need to notice it <laughs> so you can deal with whatever it is that's happening. Um, and then I wanted to give them hope to know that, um, you know, as you're raising your children, sometimes you're so hyper focused on them and their needs that you don't realize, oh, yeah, this is my life, too. And um, so I encouraged moms in the book to to think through a plan for how to live a sustainable life so that when people are constantly draining you, asking for you, wanting something from you, you have a flow, a source of putting back into your life so that you'll be able to um, sustain some of the storms when they happen. That is so, so good, Sally, because sometimes we don't even realize our own depletion. Right. And oh, simply no. by solving that reservoir problem. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and tending to our own needs a little bit more. Sometimes even just that that step is such a step in the right direction. And, and it can mm-hmm. can manifest things a lot differently in our families yeah. and other people are affected when we are fulfilled and yeah, well taken care of versus when we are just pulling from a dry well. That's so true. And, you know, I think that children feel guilty when their moms are unhappy. Oh, yeah. Um, They say that one of the things, um, you know, a a child needs most of all is to feel like they have a happy parent. And so I'm not talking about falsely happy, but it it means we have to lower our expectations of ourselves in some ways. We need to go, oh, well, um, you know, the the washer just blew apart. The the house is a wreck. But I'm not going to take this on. There will be another day when it'll all be clean and I'll get someone to help me or I'll make a plan. But at this moment, I just need to breathe and we need to go outside. We need to get in the car and listen to an audiobook and get an ice cream cone, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I need to provide spaces of just sheer escape and joy in my day. And so do my children need for me to have that. Right. Yeah, are the expectations you've set in this season, not forever, but in this season, attainable? Because if they're not even attainable right now, mm-hmm. you're just going to feel like a failure every day. And there's no there's no way to solve that. Oh, no, there's not. And I I, I, minister, I work with a lot of young moms and, mm-hmm. um, oh, there's all of these uh, sleep. You know, if you do these things, these 10 things, your child will sleep. Well, it works <laughs> for some people. And it doesn't work for others. Yeah. And um, children aren't prescriptive. And I feel like um, guilt and feeling like a failure or trying to live by formula, it, it crushes a mom's soul. Um, because most children do not cooperate with formulas. Every child is different. Every child has a different sleeping schedule, potty schedule, um, developmental schedule when they're teens. (laughs) And I think that I would just say to to moms, guilt is a poison. Don't live by guilt. Just get a little bit better. Grow up a little bit. Learn a little bit more. 
Yeah. Well, in your 68 years of life and living and experiences and growth and faith, all of those things, I mean, it's gotten you to this place of, of real wisdom, Sally. But I'm curious, what is, what is something that you are still working on looking to bolster in your own life? Because we're never done. We wouldn't, we wouldn't still be here if, if we were done, right? That's our That's job so here. So what, what is still something that is, is forming for, for you or that you're still working on? I think all the things. I mean, I, I still, um, I, I, I would like, one of my goals, I, I'm always writing words down of what I want to become, and I worked with my kids on that too, but um, I really want to be a gracious woman. I really want to be a woman of substance. So, I, you know, as far as the gracious goes, I, I seek to have a grid of loving people in their context, um, and then I blow it because people irritate me. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> not all people and not all times. But, um, you know, I realize that it, 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 as long as it's a goal, I'm going to grow in that direction. Um, you know, I mean, there's so many areas like that. Uh, I feel like I um, want to continue to grow intellectually because I want when people draw from me that they're getting in um, wisdom, knowledge, instruction. I mean, I'm always asking my kids, what did you learn? What are you reading? What should I read? What should I think? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And so I think in the same areas that I think young women should grow in, uh, in their, their heart, uh, emotionally, they should grow stronger and make goals for that. Their mind, they should be growing intellectually because women have great capacity and they're, they have the ability to be intelligent and instructive. Um, physically, like I said, I, I made a mistake of walking uh, on, a, on a hip that I didn't know was arthritically bound. Mm. <laughs> uh, so I got to figure that one out. Um, but I do, I am pretty much a health oriented person in a lot of ways. And then I try to really cultivate relationships. And so I'm constantly making new goals for those things and growing in that direction. Yeah, that is so, so powerful. And and I think I'm 30, how old am I? 37? Yeah, I'm 37. As somebody that's 37, <laughs> sometimes you feel like, you know, I should have more figured out by now, oh, yeah. right? And you think it, I think you think that at every age, right? But the older I get, the less I do realize that I actually know, right? At 30, I felt like I should feel more adult. But every year, it's just like, yeah, look how far I've come. Look how much I've learned. But really, the secret to life and understanding is understanding that there's no way to know it all. And that we're constantly, as we receive new information, expanding our mind. And the Lord will put in front of us exactly what we need to know when it is prudent for us to know it. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I do think uh, one of my passions, and I may write about it someday, but I think that women have great capacity. And I think sometimes they don't live into their capacity um, or they resist struggling in order to live into their capacity. And along with um, being made with the, um, you know, in God's image to be, to have great capacity, they also have to use their agency. Hmm. And that means... Um, no one can determine what my life will become except me. So I have the ability to roll up my sleeves and say, how can I make this story where I am a beautiful place? And um, so I I love to champion women to grow into um, this understanding that if you can always learn and always grow, um, your life can become a beautiful place. Don't we all want that? I want that. And we can all do that. So. that that's, pro- that's promised to all of us. But mm-hmm. sometimes, yeah, when we're in the midst of that drowning feeling, 
we can kind of lose sight of that because our capacity feels small at times. Right, but exactly. it doesn't and mean it does it's not. feel that way, but you yeah. just have to, if you wait long enough, you'll, you'll have, you'll see the horizon again. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I think this is such a valuable book for now. And it's not, life's not going to get any easier with all the stuff that's going on and continues to come up. It's literally every day. There's something new that I feel like we're battling and <sighs> this book will continue to service. So thank you. So help I'm drowning. Where can people find it? And, and where can people find more of you, Sally? Um, they can find the book anywhere books are sold, usually, um, you know, whether Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, Great Christian Books, whatever, um, all the different places. Yeah. Um, and they can find me, uh, everything that I do, my podcast, my blog, my conferences, anything at sallyclarkson.com. Awesome. Well, I just wish you all the best for your hip surgery. Hope that recovery goes well and inevitably I'm sure there'll be a book coming out of that somehow because <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole other challenge to face, Sally. I always ask my guests one final question and it's this. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Um, I would probably say decide not to worry so much. Um, many things you can't change anyway, and a lot of the things you worried about never came true. Don't exhaust yourself from fear and worry. And I love that it's not just don't, don't worry so much, but decide not to worry so yeah. much. Like you have to <laughs> sure. make a concerted effort on that. Sally, thank you mm-hmm. so much. I just have learned so much from you, and I'm so excited for everyone to pick up the book, Help I'm Drowning. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed being with you, Jessica. Thanks. I have heard Sally Clarkson on her own podcast, on other people's podcasts, read her stuff for years. And so to talk to her and then to hear her say my name, like it's just what a treat that I get to be in this position and then to also share this conversation with you. Thank you so much to Sally for coming on the show. And if you feel like you're drowning, go pick up her book, Help I'm Drowning. It's linked over to ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at JessicaDahlquist3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today, everyone. And we will see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.